Good afternoon and welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Lauren, who is here to speak with us about her experience of participating in the True Reflections class. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, Jen. Thanks for hey, having thank- Yeah, it's a pleasure for, to have you here this afternoon. And for folks who may not know, True Reflections is a beautiful class that I think is maybe in its second year of being offered that centers around recording and listening. And you participated in the most recent session of it. So thank you for being here with us this afternoon to talk about your experience. Um, sure. My pleasure. Uh, one of the first things that um, caught my attention was uh, at the second class, Ashwini stated, um, let's hear from those who did the assignment. And I thought, ooh, not that I would talk without doing the assignment, but I just, it just gave it a more sense of seriousness. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, and you noticed that. That's brilliant. That really, it's truly, I mean, it's kind of like all of, it's a metaphor for all of life, isn't it, Lauren? Those who stand up and participate are really the ones that, <laughs> that benefit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then um, a revealing experience was the uh, letter to life. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed in that exercise is that in being present, the still small voice is very direct quiet and still, but still direct, uh-huh. which I thought uh-huh. was good. It's quiet and still. It's always direct. direct. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And was there a particular example for you with that, Lauren? Uh-huh. A way that you noticed um, that? Interviewing life activity. Uh-huh. I, I learned that um, life is not out to get me. In fact, it's been very kind to me. And I didn't mm. really even suspect that before. Did you say you didn't even really suspect it before? That life was good to me, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, what a gigantic discovery that is. So not only is life not out to get me, but, in fact, it's actually looking out for me. And that's what I learned interviewing objects in my, um, in my realm. Isn't that incredible? It was. So, um, it's, it's, it's such a shift in, um, in an experience of life, isn't it? It really is. I don't know how I thought life was against me. I've been, oh, yes, I do. Conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that moment. I don't know how, because, because when we really see what's going on for us in, you know, in our relationship with conditioning, living, living life in a conditioned way, we do get to that place of how in the world could I ever have believed that? How could I put, and then we realize, oh, of course, I know how I could think that, because conditioning's telling me that, and I'm not realizing what's happening. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems yeah. that the recording and listening that I did during this class really while I was doing it, diminished the self-hate and left me with a sense of presence and well-being. And you can't buy that. that. And I wasn't even aiming for presence and well-being. I was just following directions. Oh, that's big. 
That is so big. It feels very related to what we look at in the year-long retreat. So if I follow what you're saying, Lauren, it's not even that you are trying to get a certain experience, like, oh, I really want to feel better, or I want to feel a certain way. It's that you're just willing to show up, and you did the assignments. You know, we don't want to give away the particular assignments because we want folks to get to have the direct experience the next time the class is there. But, but you followed the directions. You did what was asked of you. And that resulted in the experience of a sense of well-being, of being, and huge insights, like realizing, oh my gosh, life isn't against me. I don't know how I ever thought that. It's so clear that life is on my side. I know. Again, it, it feels really uh, exciting to hear you reflect that, because if you walk around with the belief that, you know, maybe not all of life, but a certain portion of life, is against you. When you can dismiss that, I just feel it's just so lighter. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, if, if there is a sense that life is against you, then you're going to need to go around, I would imagine, defended, right? And you've got to make sure and do this. And, and in a way, it almost forces us to be, we, we believe we, you know, I've got to be in relationship with conditioned mind because life is against me, so I have to figure out. But as you say, if you see through that lie, it becomes much lighter. Yes. Everything's different from that perspective. And you said it feels really, it's exciting to, to hear it reflected. Sounds like <laughs> you have the experience again in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite parts was... Um, I didn't realize it was my favorite till after I got done with it, but the recording. And Lauren, just before I we get too much into the detail, I just I do want to be sure are, that we don't give away the particulars of the okay. assignments, only so that we get to have people have their own experience. But you can talk about it kind of around the, your experience of it without saying the particulars of what you are asked to do. Okay. Well, what I was asked to do led to an eye-opener for me. The supportive, what was the eye-opener? The supportive messages that I left for myself, uh-huh. it left no wiggle room for self-hate to be present. Wow. That's so inspiring. It, it is. Hmm. And it, it all started with you suggesting I do reflective listening buddies last year. <laughs> the ripple effect of being willing to follow, right, like, there's a prompt from life, there's that willingness to do it. It's exactly what you said in the class. So you were given an assignment, and you just did the assignment. You just did it. And you got the result. Not because you were trying to get a certain result, not because you were trying to feel a certain way, but that there it was. And, and another example of it was you realize that when there are supporting messages, right, when you're open to the supportive messages, wherever they come from in life, then your experience of life is feeling supported. That it really, it doesn't, it moves the attention away from self-hate and onto the experience, the realization that life is supporting you. That's exactly how I feel, Jen. And also... And, and when, yeah, please go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say that um, treating the recorder as a friend felt really mm. natural. Mm. So I feel like the RL practice is immensely helpful in being present yeah. to life. 
So yeah, you you read my mind. That's exactly where I was headed too. That 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 feels like because I've taken that class also. That that feels like the really fundamental gift of that class, which is that it offers us the opportunity to be in relationship with wisdom, love, and compassion, with what we actually are, with who we actually are with all that actually is on our side, instead of what we're conditioned to be in relationship with, which is, as you said, you know, in the example you gave, to believe that life isn't on your side. So the class offers us the opportunity to be in relationship with that which animates us, with that still small voice. It certainly did. Yeah. It certainly did. And you're right. The recorder really does be, I mean, Sherry talks about it all the time. That recorder is truly a best friend. Right. I don't, you know, once you get past the resistance, it you see the miracles, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Thank you for adding that in because for a lot of folks, you know, again, Cherry talks about this a lot, when people are introduced to recording listening, often the first thing they encounter is a massive wall of resistance. And so to do what you're demonstrating for us and to just be willing to say okay well whatever I don't know but I'm going to follow the instructions I'm willing to do it I'm willing to follow life's prompts and we will move past that resistance if we have the willingness to stay with it we will move past that resistance and get into the place that you're describing and demonstrating for us this afternoon yes thanks so much Oh, thank you so much, Lauren. It's so helpful to, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, there's this great class. Really, no, it is really good. <laughs> it's another <laughs> thing to get to hear directly from someone. Good. Yeah. So it's invaluable And have you talk about it. Thank you for that. Thanks, Dan. All right. Take good care, Lauren. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And Michael, we'll turn the show over to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Lauren. Good afternoon, and welcome to Open Air, and good afternoon, Ashwini. Ashwini, are you there? I am, Michael. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And I loved that conversation, and I loved the focus on just doing the work. I'm I'm willing to do these exercises, and I show up, and I get the results. Mm-hmm. Yes, it practice works. What you practice, practice works. is what you have. Yeah. Yes. I just, you know, I, I have the privilege of facilitating that class, and I I have to say that um, it, it is it is a very very unique way of developing a relationship with the intelligence that animate, or really just. It's what we're doing in the year long right now, that there's a way in which we can live life as life rather than live life as ego, right? Mm, And this class is a a phenomenal way to start to look look, uh, in ways that train us to have an orientation to life as life rather than um, to life from that separate perspective. And so... Uh, you know, to to be without self-hate, to realize that life loves you, (laughs) all of those places that uh, Lauren was mentioning, you know? Yeah. Yes. The word true reflections really capture it. How can I look in the right mirror to know what I authentically am? Mm, Yes. 
and kind of what just dropped in is recognizing when I'm looking at looking at what I think is a mirror, but it's actually conditioning, giving me information. Yeah, yeah, and we could go so far as to say the the, the mirror that's not true. Yes, 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 fabulous. And I have announcements here, unless there's something else you'd like to share with us before we start? No, please. Let's see what's on the docket. All right. Bring conscious, compassionate awareness to your Saturday tasks or any project you choose at our at-home working meditation retreat on August 28th. Projects are a lot more enjoyable when we do them with Sangha, so join us for a day of fun and awareness. And no matter where we are, practicing presence is a kind, compassionate way of being. For those who wish to bring the support of the privileged environment into daily life, a four-week virtual group coaching class, Living the Privileged Environment at Home, starts September 8th. And for these and all practice offerings, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for today's show. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes would be great. Okay, I think that covers it, Ashwini. And here we go. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Uh, Let's see what's going on here. Okay, Uh, first caller, I cannot unmute you. It's probably a similar challenge, right, Ashwini, as the morning show? Yes, there's, if you are on a iPhone and you click the I think the microphone app, before you call into the show, then it means that you can't be unmuted. I think I'm saying that right. So if that's what you're doing, um, you might want to log back in. Um, There's a new start meeting feature that that basically doesn't allow you to participate in Q&A. Oh, I see. I see. So in other words, don't don't touch the, don't click on the microphone icon when you log in through the app. Is that right, Ashwin? That's right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Okay, great. So if you're in the queue, you thought you were in the queue, um, you might want to check that. All right, so let's move to the next first caller here. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Ashwini and Michael. It's Jeff in North Carolina. Hey, Hey, Jeff. Hey. Um, Let's see. This is one of those... Cases where I have no idea <laughs> what's, uh, what's going to be talked about. So just a moment. Um, I think the thing that, uh, that I'm uh, really most excited about and looking at in practice right now uh, is coming from the power of projection class um, mm-hmm. is... Um, the ex- the experience that I'm not initiating 
really, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'm initiating anything. <laughs> well, it just depends on what you're identified with, right, Jeff? Because if I if I was if I'm if life was me, then life is initiating everything, which means that I'm initiating everything. <laughs> I don't I don't actually know that I have a sense of that yet, but that's that's uh-huh. pretty exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. But just yeah. just yeah. But um, this, I mean, it really uh, and and it's it's uh, just it's so fascinating. <laughs> um, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at it, and I and I really so far, you know, I'm I've I've been able to to look at it really just in the context of the most recent assignment, and um, and just with when there's a lot of it, nothing else going on total focus on this, just being absolutely still and, and paying really close attention. Um, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm experiencing this going around in the world so much at this point, but, um, but it's just, it's a sense of, it, it feels like it takes me to a deeper place of awareness and a place of, this is, this is so fascinating. It's just, anyway, uh, just to, to see how um, it's, it's, it feels like it's all being received. Um, and yeah. uh, so, anyway. Well, just for a little context, right, there might be folks listening in who are not doing the class, which I hope sure. is not a large number of people. But, but the, the assignment that you're looking, that you're working with is the power of projection where we're, 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 we're being asked to notice the extent to which ego projects on us. And the assignment is really to pay, as you said, close attention to recognize that I receive a message. I don't initiate the message. It's not me saying something. It's me receiving something. And it's fascinating to watch, right? Because to, you have to be paying that level of attention that you're paying to be as fascinated as you are, right? To, to just notice, wait a second, I heard that. I <laughs> say that. And not only did I hear it, I didn't intend to say it in order to hear it either. It appeared and I received it. It really puts in to perspective the, the words that the mind has a mind of its own, right? <laughs> it, it, the, the uh-huh. thoughts are appearing in the mind, and I hear them. Yeah, it really is. It's, it, um, you know, just as looking at it in, um, you know, and listening to you speak right now, uh, it's, it's, re- it's really fascinating to be a place of, I, I really don't know what's going to come next. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I really don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know the next uh, thought that's going to occur to me. I don't. You know, as you're speaking, I don't know what I'm going to say next. Even in that split second after you finish, uh, I don't know what I'm going to. You know, what's what's the next thing that's going to occur? Um, uh-huh. And 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 in the same uh, in this uh, at and at the same time that it's a place of complete faith is what I would call it. Um, that, that not having to know, um, and, and it being, uh, it, 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 it's just, it's really, it's really an exciting place. Which is also, I, I project part of that assignment because there's the distinction between hearing what ego is saying, 
which is also unpredictable, but, in, but not really, because we know the qualities of what it will, uh, the, 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 the attributes of, of what it might say, right? It's, it's either hateful, comparative, critical, controlling, fearful, distracting. I mean, the, the, we're familiar enough with the ego process to, to, know, to know it when, it when it shows up. And you're pointing to the other place that we're working with, which is noticing the arising of intelligence. So being right here and, and either hearing the still small voice or hearing the ego projection. Right. And, uh, yeah, and it feels like, you know, e- either, um, either one from, you know, in being right here, either one um, can be fascinating. Um, you know, seeing the ego from a place, do whatever it's doing, from a place of awareness, uh, again, is just like, I, I don't, I, I was just looking at it last night. It's like, I can't, if, if anybody asked me, I couldn't tell you why it's fascinating. I can't explain why it's so fascinating, but it's, it seems, it's just like utterly fascinating. <laughs> I keep using that word, but um, anyway, and, and so it just, um, you know, from, from watching it, it just, it's all just seems so exciting. Yeah. Or another way of saying that, right, Jeff, is that, that, that the process of being here is that. Mm. That's why we can't explain it, right? <laughs> um, and mm. having the experience of it, I, I, I would, it, it, it's very hard to explain, but the quality of paying that level of attention, of being here, of noticing, of looking, uh, of, of seeing, of being that which is seeing, is that experience of fascination. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That feels really true that, um, it's, it's the being here. It's the really being here that feels, <laughs> you know, that, that is, that is very exciting. Um, because it's, it's like, you know, uh, true reflections was just being talked about it and it, you know, um, it feels like, uh, as you kind of in a different way, uh, saying it in a different way than perhaps you were just saying it, but, but it's seeing who, who or what I really am. It feels like that, that is going on in that, in that process. Yes. Um, uh, you know, some of our favorite uh, uh, teachers quote this, that self-interest, right, in the, 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 that love is such a predominant, in, uh, it's, it's, it's the experience of life and life loves itself. So there's a way of, oh, we say it in the daily recollection, the joy of intelligence knowing itself. Mm-hmm. That's the fascination. It's always re- discovering who it is and what it is and what it does and how it is and like that, right? And the only way that recognition happens is mirroring. And we have, we have the experience of that. Yeah, right, right. yeah, 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 absolutely. And just, just the last thing I think is, um, is the power of these assignments uh, to take a practitioner to that place. You know, if, um, it, to just in being willing to show up, it was really kind of being talked about in Good News Update, that being, being willing to show up, and it's like that, that process, um, you, you know, show up and, and <laughs> like uh, there's, there's no, not even close to any way that I could affect the transit, the transformation, but, but in the showing up, there's, 
I, I'm showing up for something that uh, is, you know, trans, transforms me utterly. Um, yes. And that's that's how you affect the transformation, right, Jeff? You go to class. Uh, you go. For, you show up for the practice. That's the extent right. to which you can affect the transformation. Because if you're not there, you don't have the op- you, you, You're not in the in in the space of what will transform you. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Yeah, and thank and, you very and much. I know you were <laughs> right. It, it, the more. I project you were in true reflections, you're doing the email class, you're doing the year-long assignments. It's like there's, there are such powerful process mirrors that, that, that we're in, that we're, in uh, we're swimming in it. Mm, right. Yeah, more and more. Yeah. More and more. More and more. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. And thank you, Michael. Thanks. Yes. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. And Ashwini, it's it's my experience definitely that swimming in practice is really the the route to transformation and opening up. Yeah, it's, it's juicy. Yes, yes. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now Hi. live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. This is Kate in New York. Hi, Kate. Hey, Kate. How are you guys? Great. Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm very happy to be here and um, have a Tuesday night where I can call in and listen in and participate. Um, I wanted to just get some support around something I'm going through. my dad died about a month and a half ago, and I am, along with my brothers, dealing with uh, my, my mom and my dad's house. They were married, and so uh, now that he has died, we have to decide what to do with his house, with their house, and all the possessions in it, and you know, go through them and find new homes for them, and... We've just started this process, and it's, you know, interestingly, the thing that's causing a lot of suffering for me is not the material possessions, not the pictures or the, you know, desk or the the big objects. It's the letters and the correspondence and the... um, my my parents kept a lot of files and, you know, kept every thank you letter that was ever sent to them and, and that kind of thing. And it's that kind of ephemera, mm-hmm. is the word for it, mm-hmm. that's... And same... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, that's really... That I'm really struggling to let go of or to understand what to do with it. Uh-huh. So the suffering is, is the suff- say a little bit more about the suffering, Kate. What I'm hearing you say is uh, there, you're struggling with the, the letters and the files. Is it from the emotion of it or, or yeah. just not yeah. knowing what to do with it? Or yeah, say more, a little bit more about what, sure. what you're looking at as the suffering. Sure. It's the, um, I think it's the, 
not sure what to do with it. Mm. Um, because, you know, like a chest of drawers, like that either can fit in your house or it can't. You know, mm-hmm. like no. very, yes, it's very binary. <laughs> if, if I'm moving, yeah. I can either take it or I can't, or I, I can't. Yes. Right. So that no defines binary. the direction. Yes. 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 And, it's black or then, white. Yeah. It, and then, but like, you know, handwritten letters, they're like the thing where I didn't know they existed until I opened up the drawer mm-hmm. and then I saw them. Mm-hmm. And then I think, wow, like, you know, is this just going to, am I just going to get rid of this? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. not only their their letters, but some of it is, the, you know, their parents' letters or their parents' journals that they kept. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, actually, truly, I didn't know this existed until I opened this drawer. Mm. Mm. Yes, it's so, um, so what we're confronting is uh, really, not, so, so not just, it, it, it's continuity at some level, and what was, what was important to them, and what they cherished, and what they treasured, and what they held on to, and now you have, uh, you have the responsibility, because you've mm-hmm. taken that responsibility, to make a decision about unpacking a life mm-hmm. yeah it does put us in touch with well well now what yeah 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 so have you recorded and listened a little bit about it Kate because it seems like it it's a it's very important to get in touch with what you're getting in touch with in this process Mm. You know, <laughs> I haven't, and it's so funny that I haven't. It like, I think that that was just a ego bamboozle. Mm. Yeah, and I and because I it's totally really agree hard. with you. Yeah, because it's hard to know. So first of all, the first thing that dropped in is, do you need to know what to do with it? Right. When you need to know when, when it when, right? exactly, do you need to do anything with it? And mm-hmm. it, that doesn't seem to be the point because just like a chest of drawers, the clarity on what to do around the chest. And if you love that, you know, it's the most beautifully crafted chest of drawers, and it doesn't fit into your house, but you know you're going to love it for the rest of your life. You'll find a way to love it for the exactly. rest of your life. You might buy another house in which right. it will fit, right? right. Or you'll have, mm-hmm. so you persuade somebody to keep it for you till you can get another house where you can fit that chest of drawers in. So there's yeah. clarity of, there's, the clarity allows for life to move. And a big clue when we don't have clarity is that there's a lack of clarity. So it's not mm-hmm. action that's required, but exploration that's required. Mm. Exploration for what's going on for you around that. What am I in touch with here? The love, mm-hmm. a life, what, what am I asked to be let go of? What is it? What's going on for me here? Mm-hmm. Am I getting to know my parents at a level I'd never seen them before? Uh, a lineage that I'm in touch with that I have questions about c- continuing? Or is this just a bunch of paper that, you know, I could, it, because it, that life is over, 
there's nothing, nothing going on for me around that, and I could happily let it go. Mm-hmm. All of that, the action isn't as important as the exploration. Yeah, the action isn't, isn't as important as the exploration. Yeah. Because you don't know. That's the clearest information you're getting from life. I don't know. Clearly something is going on. Mm-hmm. So let me see what it is. And with something like this, you know, when you're, when you're confronted with huge life changes, the, the impermanence of, an, of existence, it's such a tremendous opportunity to just be with life because it's a life circumstance. It's mm-hmm. not ordinary. It doesn't happen very often. And so it allows us to be with dimensions, unlocks dimensions that we haven't explored or been conscious of or been in touch with. Transition, mm. impermanence. Mm-hmm. Karma. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I totally get that because with, my, with the death of my dad, now both of my parents are gone. And mm. I had a friend turn to me very soon after he died and said, you know, Kate, you've been taking care of your parents for the last 10 years. And, like, that was such a fundamental value for me that I didn't even realize. Like, it was the value on, under all the other values. Mm-hmm. And so there's been, so that exploration, as you said, you know, it's such a, such a huge life experience, that exploration of, like, well, now what? Mm. Yeah. Now what? I mean, so on so many levels, right, Kate, because it's, it's been this, this ability to express yourself in caring is mm-hmm. such a fundamental aspect of who you are. That aspect of who you are, because of circumstances, doesn't go away, but its expression in a particular way does. Mm-hmm. So then there's a vacuum there, right? Right. Uh, and there's so much around that. There's so much of What's the identification around it? What's the expression of it? The absence of something? How do I, how do I, uh, how am I with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, What does that mean for me? Yeah. Right. So do you have any suggestions of, I mean, you already gave me many (laughs) of of sort of uh, prompts, to record and listen with, are there any others that you might offer? Well, that would be my primary one. And well, one, uh, just just be with your experience. There's mm-hmm. no timeline here. You know, yes. you can put lots of yeah. uh, external impositions on. Okay, well, we've got to take care of this and take care of this and do something, and it, mm-hmm. it has to look a certain way, right? This is mm-hmm. this is my time to be with this transition. This event in my life and so mm-hmm. to take all the time you need to to be as as in touch with what's going on for you rather mm-hmm. than listen to anything external that wants you to rush the process right rush mm-hmm. the process of exploration rush the process of grief rush the, rush the process of coming to terms with it um one of the things that i uh i'd love to do in that situation is really okay you open a you open a chest of drawers and you see these letters you read the letters 
you record about what what's going on for you when you read the letter. Hmm. And just that's one concrete way of being in touch. It's not an abstract exercise. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. It's just yeah. it's like I'm tangibly in encountering what's going to reveal to me um, what I need to know because it's the messenger. So what mm-hmm. is the message? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Well, this has been very helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And and do it like all uh, practice assignments, right? Uh, mm-hmm timers and periods and agreements so that it doesn't get taken over, right? You can spend all your day listening, uh, rifling through letters, but, and maybe that's appropriate. Maybe that's appropriate on Tuesdays, but you have another life to lead, I'm presuming. And so, Mm -hmm. so, you know, all of the parameters around taking care of Kate in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for joining us, Kate. And Ashwini, I really enjoyed that encouragement to explore and use Mm -hmm. the recorder and see what's here now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like there's a, there's a way in which we don't, we live, we live hopefully on in the moment and therefore enjoy the entirety of the moment. And there's some um, some merit to recalling, to remembering, because that that what drops in is it's enjoying something that's still in the moment, but it's so rich and and gets uh, gets us in touch with all of those um, shared memories and mm. mm-hmm. uh, all of the ways in which we we are connected, um, everything that has happened to us and. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a good way of I mean, taking stock. Seems to be a very hackneyed way of looking at it, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it's beautiful. And Ashwini, we are going to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. What if you lived with your soul as you What skies would you fly? How wide would you? This great song by Trish Bruxford Culligan invites us to give voice to our hearts. Simply Celebrate offers you a variety of ways to express your heart, and one of those is by celebrating the people you love. Our one-of-a-kind customized celebration books are like magic mirrors that reflect all of the laughter, adventures, and delight that friends and family share. Clients tell us that this is the best gift ever. Give voice to your heart and give a gift of love that lasts a lifetime. Visit simplycelebrate.net and turn ordinary days into an extraordinary life. Welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi. This is Justin. 
Hi, Michael. Hi, Justin. Hi, Justin. Hi. Hopefully you guys are good. Um, and I'm so excited to be on. Thank you so much. Um, so what I've been working with, and, and I, I heard about this. Yeah, so uh, the area of that's been that's been a persistent kind of source of suffering for me has been work and career. And I just wanted a little bit of guidance. I know that um, I think it was on the, the year-long retreat, um, you had made some comments about, um, you know, work not being a place where we get validation from. And that really resonated with me and stuck with me. And so I've been doing a little bit more exploration into kind of what are the, the, the beliefs that are really um, – uh, giving me a uh, giving ego an opportunity to really uh, cause a lot of suffering on me, and I guess one of a couple of uh, well, a, a big one for me has always been, uh, or has been recently, has been, uh, you know, you're adequate to life, and so okay, mm-hmm. adequate to life's fine, but then ego's take, taken that and kind of twisted it, and interpreting it as. If you're adequate to life, you should be adequate to your work. And that, and what does that mean? It means that I should be, you know, this star, you know, I should be, you know, really good at my work because then that's quote-unquote adequate and, you know, adequate mm-hmm. to life, adequate, you know. And, you know, some of the other <laughs> assumptions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does, so does let that me just stop together? you there, right? Does, yes, yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's wow. That not, no, yes. So the practice experience, process experiences were adequate to our lives because we're having our lives, uh, but that gets that gets reframed as adequate to work. Uh, adequate to life means adequate to your work, and that means you have to be a superstar. So it, it right. gets co- converted into a standard and uh, something that you need to be uh, that you need to achieve, uh, and it's almost a negative, right? So if you're not adequate to your work that means you're not a superstar, or however that gets mushed together, right? Exactly. Well, it's actually just taking two things that are not related and putting them together. But yeah. it's good to be in the exploration of, okay, that's, why, that, that's, how that breaks, that's how that breaks down. That's how it's not true. Exactly. And then I guess in the, in the same kind of vein, you know, you know, life is this unconditional love. But then, you know, should work be an unconditional environment? Because any time I get any bit of criticism or, you know, when I do my performance review, it's like, you know, you're good at this, you're good at this, you're not good at this, and you're really terrible at this. You know, it's always kind of, you know, that. And, you know, getting that criticism, that's really, well, you know what, this workplace is bad and wrong because it's not unconditionally, you know. I, I mean, I'm say, it, me saying it, it just sounds so crazy, but... When it's when it's going up inside my head and ego's got it, it you know it all hangs together and it's like perfectly logical, right? Mm. Yes, and and what I project your uh, your seeing uh, ego doing, uh, Jason, uh, Justin is to so work is not life. Yeah. Right. I mean the that it's 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 taking the unconditional into a realm. That it's not that is not relevant. Work is not life and work are not synonymous. 
Exactly. And and if you if you start with the premise that there are, I've found that suffering is inevitable and it's oh. really a rugged, rugged go. <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. That, yes, because it, ego's done exactly what it always does, which is to make something an object and your well-being dependent on the object. That is how ego creates suffering. So if your workplace, with, uh, you know, if life is... If, if, if we're talking about adequacy, you have to be adequate to your work. If we're talking about uh, uh, validation, you need validation at work. It's work that's giving you validation. I mean, as you, as you laid it out, you can see how absurd it is because what we get in awareness practice, so somebody is sitting in, I mean, I don't know if you're in the projection workshop, but somebody is, critic, is being critical. They're giving me a lot of information about them. It has nothing to do with me. My sense of myself as life, uh, as a life expression, is one of wholeness and completeness. And from that place, I can listen to what it is that's being said, and see if it's good, if it's information that is relevant or not for the job that I'm doing. It has nothing to do with unconditional love that I experience independent of what that person is saying or the kind of work that I'm doing. Exactly. Thank you. That kind of that wraps it up and puts a bow on it in terms of, you know, the approach that, you know, a change in thinking that, you know, kind of transcends as opposed to trying to figure this out. Um, oh, absolutely. And I, I, and I think your approach is, is fabulous because unless we take something specific, we can't really see the beliefs operating in it. But once the belief becomes clear, then you can see what it is. It's a belief. It's not how it works. It's just how we think it works. Our conditioning has decided it's going to work. Exactly. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I guess the, the prescription on this one is just do a lot of recording and listening. Um, do more exploration, uncover more of these beliefs and kind of really uncover the, you know, kind of um, the full extent of how um, ego is taking advantage of, you know, kind of fallacious or um, in, in, incongruent beliefs or incorrect, false lies. Basically. That's exactly yeah. right. Yes. And, and here's the, here's the, the uh, other place I know you've been doing a lot of noticing in other assignments, but you also could, so the unconditional is an interior experience. It's the experience of life itself. It's not conditional. And the thing that you've landed on is really how everything that is being projected onto work is work is the source of your well-being, happiness, validation, adequacy, et cetera, right? That's the, that's the, um, the, sort of the mind-blowing reversal that ego has done within which the perspective itself is just incongruent, as you said. But the, the interior experience of unconditional, of unconditional love is what you can always trust. So you actually, while it might be entertaining to look at the beliefs because it reveals for you, uh, it reveals within awareness when you're in the absurd uh, yeah. You can always go directly to your experience of authenticity, adequacy, well-being, 
being absolutely loved unconditionally, your direct experience of that as the truth of how it is. Yes. Exactly. And Thank trust you. That. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you can see clearly is you are adequate to your life. You you are unconditionally loved. You are unconditionally loving. That's absolutely true. It's your experience. In fact, yep. it's not your experience that work is unconditionally loving or validating, right? Not at all. In yep. fact, it's the place where you suffer most. It's really, really obvious when we, when we put it out like that. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Ashwini. This has been... Um, this is going to go a long way at um, you know me not falling into the same kind of groove that I've been so many times. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you're thank so you. welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Good night. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Justin and Ashwini. I can relate to all of that content very well, and I can relate to the process, too, of uh, uh, suffering around it and uh, validation around work. It's who I am and all of that. Mm. Well, it was, it, there's, a, there's a thread around that that was uh, trying to come in in, my, in that conversation, and I never got to it. But that, that almost all of our suffering is the premise that I'm incomplete, and therefore I need to seek my sense of wholeness mm. from something external to me. Uh-huh. And what we get with practice is, I mean, with more and more living, we realize the, it, it never happens. I never feel whole. It doesn't matter. I might, I might get the best performance review. I might do the best presentation and still my whole, I don't feel whole. I might feel momentarily satisfied, but I never feel whole because the mm. premise is in, invalid. Yes. And so then to, to recognize that what, what, what I'm looking for is not missing and then switching my, my practice to having what is truly authentically me, mm-hmm. that wholeness, that sense of completion, it's just, it, that's, what trans, that's what transforms. That, it's, it's, that well-being is not conditional. The unconditional is is the is the premise from which which is what what is me yes that's just where i was going is is i get lost in the conditional and then i forget that the unconditional is what's true yeah exactly we get lost that's so beautifully stated we get lost in the conditional and trying to figure out how to get mm-hmm. exactly yes. what is going to make me okay or happy or mm-hmm. adequate or valid or whatever it is that it's is promised and it's trying to find water in a place that doesn't have water. <laughs> <laughs> Spend your so, whole life digging holes and, and getting frustrated. Yes, something that those of us in California can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. All right, we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hello. This is Pasha from San Francisco. Hey, Pasha. Hey, Pasha. Hello. I'm uh, grateful to stay with practice and be on the air and 
connected with Sangha in so many ways, in a daily show, in an email class, uh, listening to group recordings, um, and here I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, glad you're here, Pasha. What are you looking at? Um, I'm looking at um, um, staying with practice while um, ignoring um, the voices saying that um, I'm not doing good enough or um, something like trying to constantly criticize like yesterday I missed my um, sending the text about uh, keeping practice commitment and I get um, I get a beating for that Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so just just to stick with the practice, regardless of what the voices say, because we know that they it, they're just trying to get you to quit or make you feel bad about what you are doing. Yes, and it uh, and it looks funny because I kept my uh, practice commitments, and I just didn't send the text, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and sending a text is in help of uh, keeping practice commitments. But then um, conversation goes into um, I'm not keeping my practice commitments. And um, and I see that the goal of those conversations is to constantly make me feel uh, um, short of um, a standard. Yes. Absolutely. You're, it, it, you, could, you could be the person who did everything that was on your list to do, and the, the smallest thing that you, you did not get to is what you're told you should have done, and so all of your accomplishments go out of the window, right? Yes. It, so it only yeah. focuses on what didn't get done and how to make you feel bad. And so, I mean, we're... we're, we're uh, we're getting really good at not believing it, right, Pasha? It's like, okay, well, yes. if you think that I needed to do that, great. I wish you had done it for me. Yes, and I'm watching the time today uh, coming 7 p.m. to send my practice commitment uh, text and uh, also, um, uh, I don't remember, uh, yesterday morning show uh, inspired me to turn to a voice and ask Okay, well, um, what's what is the standard? You know, what is that? Uh, how is it gonna? Um, you know, what uh, what are you implying? How I'm gonna feel if I meet all all the standards? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it goes quickly uh, quiet as um, as there is no um, idea there of how I'm going to feel. Uh, there's only ideas how I'm going to, uh, you, know, f- you know, fell short and be criticized. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, so the technique that you're referring to is to basically call ego's bluff, right? Okay, so how, how, I'm going to meet all these commitments and then you're promising me how I'm going to feel at the end of keeping all these commitments. How am I going to feel? Because that's what's yes. being implied, I think, right? So if I, if I yeah. did 
if I practice perfectly, which is the standard I have to achieve, it's going to make me feel a certain way. And so not, not meeting the standard perfectly is really what ego is, is, is always gunning for because you're never going to – it misses the point. You're doing your practice because you enjoy doing your practice. That's who you are. Yeah. Not because exactly. you're going to meet some standard of commitment that ego holds out as the, the gold star you're going to get at the end of keeping all of these commitments. Yes, yes. And, and uh, what also dropped in is just coming here, breathing, uh, dropping all these conversations which are unresolvable. Uh, and it just, the goal is just uh, to get me going with conversation. And when I'm That's here, right. there is no problem. I am at, uh, <laughs> at the state of the goal. I'm in a promised land. Um, yeah. You know, I'm meeting That's all right. the standards that uh, life have here. I'm celebrating yeah. with practice. That's exactly right. That when you come back here, without indulging in any of those conversations, you are keeping your practice commitment, which is to be here. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, one more thing was there that. Um, uh, it it uh, disappeared, but um, but that, yeah, that that's all that is going on. It's uh, it becomes uh, like hard and difficult uh, conversation to think about hard and and to uh, it just gives me a headache. Uh, but yeah. dropping conversation, uh, breathing, life is good. It's simple. It's here. There is no problem. Exactly. Like, there's no problem if I'm here. There's only a problem if I'm in conditioned mind because all of conditioned mind is something wrong. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Who wants that? Thank you so much. Thank you, Russia. Thank you, Kesho. Thanks for joining us, Pasha. Ashwini, life is good. Drop the conversation. And it's all lovely. Yeah. Well, and the thing that also was dropping in when Pasha was talking about it, right, ego comes in after the still small voice registers, okay, well, I didn't send the text. And it can Mm. just be, oh, great. I didn't send it. Well, next time, right? There's no... Yes. there's There's a way to be with information without it turning into a sulfating conversation about what's wrong with me or what did I do wrong. Yes, yes. And that seems so essential to avoid that diversion into into yes. self-hate. And, and what I've noticed is I miss the learning opportunity when I go into the self-hate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I do it three days in a row, maybe I need some support to remember. Yes, yes, yes. And we have time for at least one more caller here. Oh, wonderful. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Chris calling from Boston. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. So I'm uh, looking at 
something I can relate to from all the calls this evening, uh, but I'm looking at hard and easy. Mm. Ooh, very spiritual, Chris. <laughs> yes. So really just off the heels of that last conversation, um, I have noticed that when I live in um, what ego calls easy, then I'm not living in life as workshop. Uh-huh. So when you're in what ego calls easy, you're not facing things. It's not a workshop. Is that, is that your experience or is that a conclusion that conditioning has gotten you to? Hmm. It's, well, it's interesting because the experience is that when I'm living in hard or what ego calls hard, the conversation in my head ramps up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, so when you're living... So, so let, let's get some vocabulary here, right, Chris, because hard and easy exist only in conditioned mind, <laughs> but mm. there are difficult circumstances. I mean, if, you are, if, you've, if, you're, if you've lost someone, for example, or you've injured yourself and are in pain, or whatever it is, it's hard. It's, it's a difficult circumstance. And the, but the, what you're saying is when it's a difficult circumstance, the suffering conversation ramps up. It makes it more difficult. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like... Absolutely. I mean, we know that ego is going for the, for, for the most vulnerable place in you in order to stamp all over you, right? So if it can make a hard situation worse, bingo. Right. And I, I, that's just been a question I've been asking myself is, um, what is hard? Good for like, you. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's so good to unpack the label. Right, because there's there's easy like what you just pointed out of okay, well is that is that your experience or is it something ego has glossed over? And there's like there so, so I'm always trying to question, okay, what <laughs> what is this? What is this hard or what is this easy that I'm being told I'm having? Yeah. Yeah, and so on a process level, right, Chris, you're always looking to see if what you are in is a story. Uh, that's what hard and easy are, right? I'm having a hard time or I'm having an easy time. It's about my experience. It's not my experience. So you're always looking for what's my experience. So I question what does it mean that it's hard? Or what does it mean that it's easy? Right, and then that's where it's all workshop because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm in hard and I'm required to go, okay, what, what, ab- what about this is hard? <laughs> it's like I'm driven to the point yeah. where I, have, I just go, what about this is actually hard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the is that so Zen story. That's what you're doing. What about, oh. what, is, it's hard? Is that so? Who says so? Why is it so? It's easy? Oh, is that so? What is it so? Yeah, the, the question of inquiry and examining everything you're being told 
especially if you if you don't know you're being told it mm. yes right i'm being told it like it i actually caught myself this morning hearing a conversation in my head and then i even muttered something out loud like oh, i can't believe that and i was like wait i didn't even i where was i when i muttered those words mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is uh, it, as someone as jeff started us out with it's utterly fascinating isn't it then we live in the then we are in fascination not hard and easy oh right because all of it is retreat then yes and i project code for the practice of inquiry right nothing is i'm not i'm not believing anything i'm not figuring anything out i'm not in conditioned mind uh indulging uh, indulging something that it's telling me i'm here looking to see how it really is and right and using everything for that for that inquiry yes yes exactly and using everything for that inquiry regardless of whether the story is hard or the story is easy because oftentimes when quote things are going our way we stop being grateful we stop having appreciation yeah. we stop appreciate we stop delighting we stop wondering because it's everything is just within quotes easy I could go it's a code word to go unconscious. Sometimes oh. it's only when things are really really hard that I'm forced to pay attention. Right. Yes, because on a on a small content example, um there have been repairs that need to get done in my apartment and it's a lot of communication that I normally don't have to deal or have you know normally is not part of my life. Mm-hmm. And today I caught myself at work trying to scoot an email with my landlord in between other emails for work before a meeting and da 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 da, da you know ego is going ego is taking full advantage of that. But somehow it dropped in during that full of agitation right I'm fully revved up at this point but somehow it dropped in this is retreat like what is this what's going on right now in this mm. moment mm. yeah yeah i just love that whatever the handle is for each of us right person it sounds like for you it's this is a workshop this is a retreat it's your it's what it's it's all of the um it's it's what brings you here to presence to going to wait a second I'm 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 trying to get a couple of emails to my landlord that in between other work emails while I'm trying to get a meeting what's going on here right it's it's the come here it's the uh, Sherry talks about the tractor beam that b- brings us here to go what am I doing and now I'm here now I get to see what's going on oh that was a takeover that was urgency that was agitation that was suffering mm, not not where I want to go I'm right here and interested in how that happened right it's not a mistake i ended up here this mm-hmm. is all retreat so not a waste mm-hmm. of time that i ended up here that's right yeah 
Yeah, it's got many flavors. Retreat has many flavors. There's nothing wrong. We're here to learn. No self-hate. Pay attention. Expand awareness. Look to see what's going on. <laughs> and I'm here for my life as it's unfolding. Whether it's oscillating between identification and disidentification or within, quote, story and not story or hard or, or dualistic opposites of hard and easy, whatever it is, I just get to see it all. It is a uh, glorious way to live. Oh, my gosh. It's a glorious way to live. All right. Well, and it's just wonderful to hear how you lay it out for us, right, Chris, because it's a model for how to live. And so we can all practice that way. It's inspiring to have so many different ways of, so many different models for living. Yes, and that's Sangha because there's so many things where I heard it on open air and, I, and then it just drops in. Yeah, precisely. It's, our, it's, it's life's propaganda, as opposed to <laughs> ego propaganda, right? Instead yes. of being brainwashed in one way, we, we put ourselves in, in the wisdom, love, and compassion that is, is, is collectively what we are. And the more we do that, the more we have access to it. Or, or said another way in terms of how you're, you're presenting it, it has more access to us. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Calibration and receptivity. Yes, it's it's uh, uh, refining always and getting back mm-hmm. here, always being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's glorious. Was there well, more? Happy to, no, happy to check in with that and to connect with Sangha and uh, happy practicing. Likewise. Happy practicing to you too, Chris. Go happy. Go happy. Thanks for joining us, Chris. And that was another lovely conversation, Ashwini, and it's great to be inspired and uh, be a part of practice. It's a tremendous privilege to me. I can barely I can barely hear you, Ashwini. I think you were saying go happy there. All right, I can't hear you, Ashwini, but we'll go happy. Thank you all. Go happy. Oh, there we are. Thank you. Go happy. <laughs>